mind that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt. Who am I? Welcome to Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. We're glad you could join us as we teach through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Today's lesson is one in which we know you'll be enlightened to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's listen in to Pastor Greg as we launch today's lesson on Who Am I? Turn in your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 as we continue with the Christmas story or the testimony of Christmas. Um, If you'll remember with me, last week we had the angel Gabriel visit with Mary, a young virgin girl maybe 13 to 16 years old, and announced to her that she was going to give birth to the Son of the Highest. What an amazing um, thing to be used by God. What an amazing thing to be that young and to be given a message from an angel that you're going to be used by God, especially when everybody is looking for the Messiah. Everybody at that time was looking for God's salvation, uh, the anointed of God. And so listen to me, because you're looking for something in life and you don't even know what it is. And it's really the hunger for the Messiah. It's a hunger for a relationship with God. And you're chasing everything else. You're desiring everything else. You're thinking you're going to be satisfied with all of these other things. But only a relationship with Jesus will satisfy the soul. Listen, we have to understand this because even as Christians, we continue to chase the lie. We think that other people are more happy or they have joy or look at their life. They're doing great. Really, they're waiting to die. We have to believe truth, not the emotion of the season. Listen, Jesus is the reason for all seasons. Listen, there's so many cliches out there, but only reason we are here in life is for Jesus. That's the only reason we're here, is to be reconciled to God. We're here to be reconciled, to return to the family of God. This is a grand courtroom, if you will, where we have been called here 70, 80 years, and the only decision that's ever going to matter is whether you choose Jesus. And so the devil knows that, and he knows some people will hear that, and he knows that you'll say, yes, Jesus, but then it'll be the wrong Jesus or it'll be according to legalism, or it'll be according to some religious program, or, or you'll take the package and you'll set it on the shelf and you'll never open the greatest gift ever given and enjoy the freedom that it brings, the liberty that it has. Listen, the, 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 the gospel is like in four parts, maybe. Three parts, four parts. God delivers when you believe in Him. He delivers you from the penalty of sin the wages of sin is death but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus and then he begins to deliver you from the power of sin you begin to realize that you're free and that it's a lie 
And then he removes the pleasure of sin from your life because you still sin as a Christian. You're like, wait a minute, it's not working for me. Listen, you have to understand the truth that sin is pleasurable for a season, but it will always end in death. So now we are learning to obey and apply truth. One day he's going to take us to be with him and take us from the very presence of sin. We'll be removed from the presence of sin down here, this fleshly body. And as we talk about Christmas, we're really just talking about the greatest gift ever given, the Lord's salvation. Remember last week, though, what happened with um, Mary? Wait a minute, let's back up, and I'll tell you what happened with Mary. What about the names? Let's just go through the names of Christmas. Here's the Christmas testimony of what God is doing after 400 years of silence. People are looking for the Messiah. They're looking for help. They're under Roman rule. They're in bondage. And what happens? People go into their normal everyday life. Zacharias, Elizabeth, his wife, right? And remember what the names mean, because it's all in the names. There's salvation in no other name but in the name of Jesus. And name is always his character, his nature, his will, his authority. He becomes your covering once again. Sin brought us out from under the covering of God. And then the law was a kofar, which was a covering so you wouldn't have to die. And now in grace and truth, we have this covering that brings freedom. We have this covering that we can go out because the penalty has been taken and we're married back in to our kinsman redeemer into the body of Christ in the Father's house. So our covering is secure once again. But it's because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's the free gift. The righteousness of God. We now become the right ones who are living right before God. You go, whoa, wait a minute. I ain't living right before God. Listen, positionally, you are right before God. Positionally, you are holy and righteous. It's in the text today. Positionally, practically, without the penalty over our head, without the power of sin, we're learning to walk away from the pleasure of sin so that one day we can be removed from the presence of sin. Listen, practically we know that we're learning to obey practically we know we're sinners saved by grace so listen here it is in the names because you have all of these versions i found out this week that even the seven day adventists have their own bible i did not know that i knew the jehovah witnesses did and then i seen that the seven day adventists have their own bible and you might not know that both of those came from the same lady and then they were brought and split even there, and they're not good. I don't, I don't care what anybody says. There's lots of people that, that say that Seventh-day Adventists are okay, but they believe that Michael and Jesus is the same person. And then they will even argue that they're not taken away from the deity of Christ. They're just saying that the Christophanies in the Old Testament were always Michael. Listen, not good. Jesus is not an angel. He became lower than the angels when he became our kinsman redeemer. When he became flesh, he took flesh. That's what we're talking about here. The greatest gift ever given. God became flesh. He wrapped himself in flesh so that you and I could be wrapped in Christ, covered in him, and then go out to the world and be the light of the world. 
So what happens? Zacharias means God remembers. I'd like for you to commit those to memory sometime. Zacharias means God remembers. What did he remember? His promise, his oath, his covenant. Elizabeth means his oath. John, the baptizer, is going to be born. The Lord is gracious or a gracious giver. John represents the grace of God. So what happens? Gabriel, a strong man of God, a warrior, comes down to deliver that message. Joseph means, who is his physical um, stepdad, if you will, he will add. Mary, who we seen last week, their rebellion. Oh, I know we think that Mary's supposed to mean so much more. It's from Miriam. It's Maria. It, 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 it's from Mara of the Hebrew. It means their rebellion, their bitterness. Mara, bitterness. To what? To Jesus, the Lord's salvation. That's what God is doing. He's taken away our sin. And he comes and adds... Our rebellion to Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know what the amazing thing is? When he adds our sin to Jesus, he chooses to remember our sin no more. Isn't that amazing? He chooses to throw it as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness. That's the greatest gift. We need to get this gospel right and understand our position is perfect. But our practical walk, we're walking with a limp. We got some issues. And we got to keep coming to the great physician. We got to keep taking the prescription, the word of God, to be in the word, prayer, and fellowship. The names. So what did Mary Zach said, how will I know? So he got shut up, put on his mouth. Because he didn't believe. Angel Gabriel, a warrior of God that comes from the presence of God to tell you your prayers have been answered. And there's a Savior coming. And your son's going to be the messenger, the forerunner. The grace of God. Listen. God remembers his promise. And what happens? Grace is birthed. John, what's grace for? Well, if you can believe it by faith, it's so that your rebellion will be added to Jesus. And you'll be rebellious no more and surrender to the will of God, to the work of God and the ways of God. So then Mary, she says, how can this be? She's listening. She's not doubting. With God, all things are possible. She's actually looking at it in a practical sense. I haven't even known a man. And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Overshadows the word used. It's upon. Therefore, that child that shall be born shall be called the Son of God. You should call his name Jesus. He's the Son of the highest, the most supreme God. And what does Mary say? Because listen, when you hear the gospel, when you hear the good news, when you hear that there's salvation in no other name, you're presented with the same thing. 
and you choose to believe God's word or reject God's word. Obey God's word or disobey God's word. There's only two decisions. Yes or no. And she said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. Total surrender. You're going to see here in a minute that it wasn't just I surrender, I said a prayer, okay, but it was total surrender. See, because the Lord, according to 1 Thessalonians uh, 5.23, He wants to sanctify us, set us apart, use us for His glory, both body, soul, and spirit, because we're a trichotomy. We're made in three in the image of God, body, soul, and spirit. He doesn't just want your, your words, your body. He doesn't just want your mind, will, and emotions. Oh, He doesn't just want this little marriage where your spirit's married to His. He wants all of you. Heart, soul, mind, and strength is true worship. So he wants to sanctify us, body, soul, and spirit. With her body, she said, behold, let it be done to me. Here in a minute, you're going to see when she's full of the Holy Spirit, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Because he has regarded, sorry, he has reg and, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Why? Because he's regarded my lowly state. So it's her body, soul, and spirit that is all in. All of it. All in. Are you all in? See, because when we're in sin, we were all in. When we were in the world, we were all in. Living, working for the weekend, running, doing everything just to make sure we took care of self and sin and Satan. And then if our eyes are truly open, we should be all in with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Allowing God to sanctify and cleanse her. Well, how's He going to sanctify us? John 17, 17. Sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. According to your word. Everything is according to God's word. Listen, there is absolutely nothing that will be impossible except for what doesn't line up with God's word. See, because God's not going to do stuff that doesn't line up with His name, His character, His nature, His will, His authority. All things are possible with God as long as they line up with who He is and what He's doing, what He's done, what He's going to do. His character, His love, His mercy, His grace. So the names. He wants all of you. All the names. You want to see another one? Elijah. I thought that was amazing. Elijah. See, John the baptizer comes in the spirit of Elijah to return the fathers to the children, right? Because that's what the enemy's attacking, fathers. The covering of wives, the covering of the children, the, the one who's supposed to go forth. Elijah means the Lord is God. Because if you want an explanation of why God's doing this, that's it, Elijah, the Lord is God. According to his word, he's God. He sent his word to heal the land. You need any other explanation? You got problems with God. It's his planet. It's his creation. It's his plan. It's his salvation. It's his gift that he's given so that we can know his love and enjoy it for eternity. Be it done to me according to thy word. How are you living your life? According to what? According to thy word? 
Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It shows exactly where you're standing right now according to the word of God. But then it shines out there and shows you where you're supposed to go. So if you know you're not standing on the right place, you just say, Lord, forgive me. And then you get in line and you begin to follow the light of the world. Listen, the light of the world decorated that first tree. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He hung on a tree for you and me, and his blood decorated that tree. There's where your red comes from. I decorate my trees in red every year. Every year. I want to put Jesus in the forefront. Santa is evil. Santa is antichrist. And people don't even get it. See, there's, there's Jesus, and then there's every other message that's instead of Christ. And it's all there to replace Christ. And they even make, we, me and my wife was talking about it last night, and I don't mean to belabor this, but, but we were talking and we, we drove through and looked at the lights, and oh, they're pretty, but uh, they're not the light of the world. They pale in comparison to the light, the fire of God. He's a consuming fire. But we were talking about how, she said as a young girl, she couldn't understand why every store she went to, there was another Santa Claus, and Santa Claus was everywhere. But he didn't look the same. It was different, and she couldn't understand it in her little mind. See, because because we want to take Santa, and we want to put him everywhere and make him omnipresent. And he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows everything about you. He knows whether you've been good or bad. And if you've been bad, he's going to give you a lump of coal. But if you've been good, see, and this is this is all instead of Christ. And all of it's like that. The tooth fairy, the Easter bunny from Ishtar, all of these things that we celebrate that the world has given us are a package that when you open it, it does not lead to life. It leads to death. Because 1 John 5, 19, I know you are of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. And we have to wake up to it. And when we do wake up, we have to sound the alarm. We have to begin to tell others because only truth sets people free. You cannot set people, sanctify them, and set them free with more lies. And that's exactly what happened with her. She said that. She questioned somebody, and they said, oh, that's just his elves. He can't be everywhere. So his elves dress up like him and go to their stores. And so now you cover it with another lie. You cover it with another lie and another lie. And, they go, and kids grow up going, my parents just lied to me. They're liars, so lying must be the way to go. And they learn this little pattern in their heart, just lie. And, and listen, they don't need any help because we're already born with a sin nature that will lie already. So now you're encouraging it. We want to tell people the truth. That's why we're commanded, train them in the way that they're supposed to go. And when they're older, they will not depart therefrom. That's a command. So Mary, their rebellion. Listen, God knows about our rebellion. He actually uses a lady that's named their rebellion. Isn't that amazing to you guys? Because that's what it's about, our rebellion in the garden of listening to another voice instead of God's voice, obeying Him and letting Him be our perfect covering becomes our inheritance from the first Adam. And then the second Adam comes and dies for us and becomes sin for us. He protects. He's a perfect covering because He's God. He's a perfect gift. He's God. He's God with us. He comes down and He says, let me wrap myself in flesh and I'll give myself away and pay for your rebellion. The reason we give it Christmas has its perfect beginning 
and the greatest gift ever given. Have you opened the package? Have you investigated it? Have you peeled back the seams and pulled off the tape? And like, like we do with our Christmas gifts, we go, ah, what'd they give me? Oh, I don't like that. Oh, there's no batteries in it. Oh, and we, listen, I know you, I, I, I know my heart, so I know your heart. And you might be changing and you might be growing, but we have this flesh that hangs on. And we like to get, well, we, we all have the gift of receiving, don't we? Isn't that a nice gift to have? Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want more, more, more. Who gets the most wins? No. Do you get Jesus? Quit chasing the world. So Mary, she makes this confession. She makes this, let it be done according to your word. But then she doesn't just sit down. She says, you know what? That angel told me that my cousin Elizabeth, his oath, I'm going to go see what his oath is about. What is his covenant about? I'm going to go investigate it. So even though Jesus was just conceived in her womb, she says six months ago, his oath was conceived. Six is the number of man, by the way. There was an oath made because of man. God came to save because of man, because man couldn't keep their part. So she gets up, and that's where we're going to pick up. And it's a lot of verses, and I'm not going to cover them all systematically but i have a, a a kind of a topical inside of it that i want you to see the characters because if i try to cover these 41 verses we'll be here for a long long time but what i would do want you to notice is is that the only way that they could do this is they were filled with the holy spirit they were filled with the holy spirit when you completely surrender and then you begin to do the will of god he will fill you with the power and the love to go serve others See, now, if you just believe, the Holy Spirit comes in and seals you. He'll mark you, but you can keep looking like the world. You can keep living like the world. You can reject His will. But what did Jesus say? Not my will, but thy will be done. And the will of God is a written document, just like anybody would write for their house. People are always going, you get your will in order? No, I don't have my will in order. I'm living for Jesus. Whatever happens to my stuff can burn when I leave. I don't care. The will of God is what I'm worried about, not a written document to leave my junk that could lead somebody else to hell. And I'm sorry, they can deal with it when I'm done. I don't have a will. But this is God's will. It's written down. And somebody had to die. Yes, Jesus died. God died so that his will could be enacted. And then his spirit can come and be the executive of the state and hand out the gifts, hand out the package and help you to unwrap it and wrap yourself in his love. And go out and give yourself away to others. And what you do after you say you believe is going to be the most important thing. Every person in the testimony of the Christmas story here, listen, everybody in it is filled with the Holy Spirit is the reason they could do what they did. That's the only reason. Why is it? Because Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And if you have not the Spirit of God, you're not God's. You can't do it in the flesh. You can only do it in your lowly state as you allow God to lift you up. Let's read this, and then we'll come back and comment. I can't cover every single verse, but we'll make some comments and find out what God says to us. It's 139. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah. 
and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of the Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in the womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For, he, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Now Elizabeth's full time came for her to be delivered and she brought forth a son when her neighbors and relatives heard how the lord had shown great mercy to her they rejoiced with her so it was on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child and they would have called his name of his father zacharias his mother answered and said no she shall be called or he shall be called john but they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by this name. So they made signs to the father what he would give him or what he would call him. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, saying, His name is John. So they all marveled. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose and he spoke praising God. Then fear came upon all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country of Judea. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts saying, what kind of child will this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. Now his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promise to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath which he swore to our father abraham to grant that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our lives and you child talking to john will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. So the child grew and became strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. 
Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for keeping your promises. Thank you for remembering your oath. Not as if you forgot it, but you knew it was the fullness of time. Thank you, Lord, that you come in the fullness of time into our hearts and you change us for your glory. Give us a desire to say, Behold, the servant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And then investigate and find out what your word says and obey it. Pour out your spirit, fill us to overflowing and help us to unwrap this flesh that gets in our way and to be wrapped in your love and go to others and tell them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, back in, like I said, I can't cover every verse perfectly. Um, But I want to look at this and I want you to see that just like I told you, there's a practical and there's a positional salvation. Practical and a positional salvation. And when you look at this, after Mary said this, she agreed. She said, behold, let it be done according to your word. Watch what happens. Now, let me just read it in a positional way. You guys with me? Verse 39. I want to read it positionally. Hopefully you understand that. Now their rebellion. Listen. This is what Mary means, their rebellion. What did their rebellion do? Arose, stood up. What's your position in Christ? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So positionally, as soon as we say yes... Our rebellion, we stand up from our crucifixion, and what do we do? We, in those days, we're going to go to the hill country, which means the highlands of Judea, which means he shall be praised. So we're going up on the hill to praise God. We're doing it with haste. Your first Christmas rush, this is quickly because today is the day of salvation. Listen, this is positional. Don't freak out on me. And you go where? To a city of praise, to the city of Judea. What do you do when you get there? Verse 40, the number of judgment, right? You enter into the house of God remembers and you greet his oath. You want to investigate. Enter into his house. That's where we live now. We're citizens of heaven in the house of God because we believed and we said, Lord, my heart just believed your word and it turned from my ways and I want it to be done according to your word. So I'm going to rise into the heavenlies where I now live. I'm going to look up. Listen, We no longer own our life. We've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. When he appears, our life will appear. We're now positioned in heaven with him in his house. This vessel that I now have in the flesh is him living through me, positionally. Practically, I'm still in the way. Practically, I'm still not looking up. Practically, I'm not forgetting that which is behind me and understanding my inheritance. Practically, I'm not opening the gift most of the time. Practically... I'm the one in the way because I'm not allowing it to be done according to his promise, according to his oath, even though I said I was. So enter the house of his oath and, excuse me, of uh, uh, God remembers and, and greeted, said hi to his promises. Do you know what God's promises are? His oath, his covenant. And it happened when... 
when Elizabeth heard, when his oath, his promises, heard the greeting of their rebellion, that the babe, the grace of God, leaped in her womb, and her oath was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what the package holds. The package holds the Holy Spirit, the power, the batteries are included to walk out this life if we will do it according to the gift of life. I'm not going to go too much more with the positional thing. I want to go back to the practical. What did she do? She became a servant. Let's go back to the practical so people don't freak out on the positional and what's written in the, in the pages. And if I, if I showed you the words, I mean, the words actually line up. Greeted is saluted in the King James. And it means to enfold in the arms, to hug it, to grasp it, to get a hold of it. It greeted the oath of God. You welcome the promises of God. You receive the promises of God. That's what it means. Happened is my favorite phrase in the Bible, come to pass in the King James. It came to pass. Listen, God's promises are yay and yay. God's promises will always happen if you believe them and you go and you look up, they'll come to pass. He's not going to, he's, he's, not, he's not lying about anything. All of his promises come to pass. And in the same text on our side, what you were going through last year, you probably don't even remember. And now you've got a new battle this year. And this too will come to pass if you will do according to God's word. And stop trying to live in your flesh and play religion and deal with it myself and chase the world and do it according to what they're saying, which is antichrist. The government cannot save you, but they're setting the whole world up right now to buy your soul from you. It's going to come where there's no food. You see glimpses of it. You can't buy seeds. We're locked down for, for COVID. You can't get seeds. You're not allowed to plant your own garden. You can't take care of yourself. Everything has to be sold back to the government in order to, and you have to sell your soul. Remember, it's in Genesis with Joseph and Pharaoh, who's a type of the devil. We talked about this last week. I'll keep talking about it. Egypt, a type of the world. And they want us to be underneath them, not underneath Christ. If you're under Christ, the Spirit of God will fill you and reveal. He'll uncover what God is doing. And you can go out and serve God without fear of your enemies. Because that's why Jesus came, to defeat the works of the devil. You don't have to run around in fear. You don't have to freak out. You can be bold as a lion. The righteous are bold as a lion. And our righteousness comes from Jesus. It's not anything that we have done. Get up and run on you. So Mary became a servant. She said, I'm going to investigate. What's she investigating? She didn't ask for a sign, but the angel gave her a sign. See, when you ask for a sign, you're part of an evil and adulterous generation. She, how can this thing be? I've never known a man. She's just practically talking with the angel, with the word of God, reasoning with God's message, reasoning with God's word. And because she was reasoning with it, then signs follow. And she gives them a sign. Hey, your, your cousin Elizabeth, who was barren, who never had any fruit, is now going to have a child. And she's actually six months pregnant. So when you know that truth and you just sit there and look at that truth and you never serve, you never do anything, you hear truth, you die. 
But when you get the truth from God, that's this light that's on the path that says, well, go do that. Go investigate that. Move what God has shown you. He's not going to give you the entire thing. He gives you one little bite. She got up to go see if it was true. She got up to go confirm it. She's already said, I believe your word. When she gets there, what? She's six months pregnant. She's going to stay there for three months. What does that mean? She stayed and served and took care of her aunt until the baby was born. Then she went back home. She's three months pregnant now. I better get back home so that I can take care of my baby and my family. Don't miss that it's six and three. And those are really good numbers. Nine. Keep moving. Keep moving, Greg. You're too deep. So she goes up to the hill country. She does it in haste to the city of praise. And she enters the house of Zacharias and Elizabeth, her aunt and uncle. Um, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, her niece, that the baby leaped in the womb. Why? We know that the testimony was that John was filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. So the Holy Spirit is in Elizabeth's womb, in John the baptizer. And when it hears the voice of Mary, it knows exactly who Mary is. See, Mary didn't, Mary wasn't, or excuse me, uh, uh, yeah, either one of them wasn't hiding in the room. Elizabeth has no idea that Mary yet is the one that's going to have the baby, the Christ. But somehow she knows it's because the spirit of God knows everything, all the deep things of God. And he searches the inner depths of the heart. And he already understands all of this for us, guys. And all we have to do is listen to the instruction book, get into the word of God and obey it. Boy, that's a real hard one, isn't it? Obey the word of God. We have nothing to obey it except allowing his spirit to do it in our lives. So John leaps because he's full of the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she says stuff that she should have never known because of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever been witnessing to somebody and you say stuff that you go, where did that come from? Or somebody says, was you outside my window listening last night? How did you, could you say that to me? It's because the Holy Spirit doesn't need anybody to testify of man's heart. The Holy Spirit already knows. And truth pierces the conscience of a person. And truth will set you free if you obey it. It will, it, will, it, will, it will confirm your heart if you disobey it, just like it did with Pharaoh, if you continue to disobey it. What does she say because she's filled with the Holy Spirit? I, I, I like this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. How many times has Greg said that? But listen to what it said. Then she spoke out with a loud voice. My wife's always going, you're loud. It's biblical. Many words. Paul spoke so long one night that Eutychus fell out of the window and came up dead. It's biblical. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just teasing. See, I can take scripture and twist it to fit my flesh. Or... I can die to myself and I can follow scripture. Twisted scripture is a good name for a band, but it's not a good way to live your life. So because she's filled with the Holy Spirit, what happens? Verse 42. She spoke with a loud voice. Let me just get you that. She spoke with a loud voice. It was just big and strong. Voice is the word what? Phone. You guys know this already. It's the phone. Phone, it's where we get the word phonics. 
My sheep hear my phone. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my phone, eh? Jesus would say in John 10, 27. Listen, it's just, it's just a discourse. It's a tone that is taken. And we should be able to articulate and understand the voice of the Lord because we have a relationship with him. He knows us, we know him, and then we're following him. It's easy to follow when you know his voice. You don't want to follow any other voice. We'll get to that in John soon. So, filled means the influence. Filled with the Holy Spirit. What's influencing you? Let's just take a moment on filled, because I talked about being filled. See, filled is what you're influenced by. Are you influenced by the Word of God, by the message of God, by the power of God? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit where He's enduing you and He's supplying what you need and then He's influencing your life? See, because you can just say, I know God or I know the Spirit or, or I've been born again, but your life is still being influenced by the world. It's not being influenced by the Spirit of God who's doing the work of God and leading your life in the ways of God for the glory of God. Listen, we have to understand that being filled is the influence. Now let's go over and just look really quickly. And I was going to quote this to you, but I think we'll just go there. Ephesians 5, um, about the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's Ephesians 5. I'm going to start in verse... Eight, is that correct? Where am I at? In the wrong book. I'm in Romans. That's what explains that. I was like, whoa, something just went bad wrong. Ephesians 5, verse 8. Who we once were, quickly, I want you to see this. We are now children of the light. We're born again if we believe in Jesus and we've said, be it done to me according to my according to your word. For you were once darkness, it's speaking of evil and in the dark, the light hadn't been turned on. But now you are light in the Lord, only because of the Lord. There's no other way. Walk, this is how you're living, as children of the light for the fruit of the spirit. Notice this, this is the spirit leading you. This is the spirit working. This is the influence, the abduing, the filling of the Holy Spirit. This is what the spirit will do in your life. If you're led by it, there'll be evidence of that good and perfect will of God. Romans 12, one and two is in all goodness, righteousness and truth. You can't do that without the spirit. The flesh can't do it. And then you're finding out what is the accept, what is acceptable to the Lord. That's the investigation. That's the searching. That's coming and finding out the will of the Lord. And having no fellowship, nothing in common, that's koinonia, with the unfruitful works of darkness. See, when you're having stuff, when you're in sin, you're having uh, fellowship with the world and the things that the world is doing and doing what they're doing, it's unfruitful for your life. And we are supposed to be bearing fruit. What are we talking about? We're talking about fruit of the womb. John in the, in the womb and while she's standing there, Jesus is in her womb. We're talking about barren fruit because of the seed of Christ planted in us. And fruit looks like love. We're wrapped in love and it's joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what my wrapping paper should look like. If you're being wrapped up and sent to the world and listening to the Holy Spirit. You're not supposed to have any fellowship with them, but you're supposed to expose them. Why? Because light exposes darkness. Fruit will expose false fruit. I always remember Billy Graham said he used to come into his mom's dining room and he would say, why does that fruit never have flies on it? Flies, of course, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Dunghill. 
And then he realized later as he got older that it was plastic fruit. And the devil doesn't attack plastic fruit. But if you're being led by the Spirit, believe me, you're going to be attacked. You're going to be challenged. You're going to come to places where you say, I don't want to have it done according to the Word of God because it separates me from the rest of the plastic fruit. And people are going to be irritated by what you say, even in the body of Christ. Because pretending has become, apostasy has become. Doing our own little religious thing has become the norm in the church. Why? Because God said the apostasy, the falling away has to happen before the son of lawlessness will come. So we know it's going to be according to the word. Nothing happening that is not according to God's word. He's in full control. And he's already written it down. And it's being uncovered and revealed to anybody who will come and surrender and listen to it. And you don't even have to do that perfectly. But you should be trying. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Verse 13, chapter 5, Ephesians. But all things that are exposed are made manifest, apparent, by light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, God says, listen, awake from your sleep, church. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light greatest gift ever given but what happens afterwards see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time for the days are evil it's a very important verse that we see here as paul writes to the church in ephesus modern day turkey which is almost 100 percent muslim today because people didn't take heed to the word of god circumspectly means as diligently as possible and you're supposed to be redeeming the time making the most of the time because the days are evil and he says therefore do not be this is this is serious warning do not be unwise but understand what the will of the lord is that means that it's available to us that the holy spirit will shine light on it and help you understand the will the written document of the lord and then he says this, and this is why I brought you here, because it's possible to be filled with something else. And do not be drunk with wine, which dissipates. It dissipates. It goes away. You know, people, when they're on drugs, when they're on wine, when they're on, uh, under the influence of something else. Oh, I love her. And you get real, you know, you get all this energy and it's just puppy love and all this stuff. You can be under all kinds of influences of other things, but it dissipates when the emotion's gone. It dissipates when the drug is gone. It goes away. But the Holy Spirit is not going anywhere. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So he says, but be always be being filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it look like? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord because you're in service of the Lord. When I'm using my gift up here and teaching, I'm in service to the Lord. I'm speaking to you right now, but I'm responsible to God, not to you. And then singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And what do you do? You give thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name, the character, the nature, the authority, the covering of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the first thing that's going to happen. Authority again. Submitting to one another in love. There's going to be no more rebellion positionally. Practically, we need to fight it. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then he begins with the first institution of marriage. This is what it looks like with wives. This is what it looks like with husbands. This is what it looks like with children. And he begins to teach us what it looks like to be 
citizens of heaven that are being led by the Spirit of God. So they're filled with the Holy Spirit because of the Word of God, the feeling of God, the, the ways of God, the, the written document of God. Oh, let's go back to our text. What are you filled with? What motivates your life? Is it the Spirit of God? Or is it, oh, i got to get to work and pay the bills? Listen, that's bondage. And that's where the government wants to keep all of us, is in bondage. That's why they train us in school to be factory workers and to listen. Everybody listens to one voice. Everybody obeys, and the rebellious kid in the back, hey, get in the hall. You're fired. If you don't want to get in line with everybody else and become a factory worker and take care of us in our industrial revolution... Listen, nothing wrong with being in the factory, but I'm in the factory to be a witness because I'm no longer under the sway of this wickedness that's going on of the devil, but I'm influenced, supplied, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we understand the truth. We've investigated. We've risen from the dead, and we need to be wise when we go out, wise as serpent and gentle as doves, and understand the will of the Lord and be circumspect and redeem the time. And when you begin to do that, you'll be able to magnify the Lord. That's what's going to happen here. She speaks with a loud voice because she's filled with the Holy Spirit. Back in our text, 143. And then she questions even being able to be in the presence. Oh my goodness. You want to be stay lowly? You want to be humble? We should understand that no matter how God uses us, no matter what goes on, it ain't us. In fact, when, when uh, Mary does this uh, Magnificat, is what they call it, because my soul magnifies its Magnificat, she speaks 19 times the name of God, he or about God, 19 times in those few verses. And when Zachariah is filled with the Holy Spirit speaks, he speaks 15 times of God and what God has done. Not about what he's doing. But you listen to people today in the church and it's all about me, me, me. It's all about Harvest Chapel. It's all about I, I, I. It's all about we're having this and we got this and we do this. And my pastor says this. What has God said? It's his word that we're supposed to be living for and according to. Not everybody else's programs and plans and this is what we're doing. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, God said. But the gates of hell has prevailed over man's church. And people don't even want anything to do with it because it's man's church instead of God's church. The same thing that happened to Israel. That's why they crucify him. We're talking about his birth now, so we'll keep moving. She says in 43, what a humbling statement, but why? Here's the woman that's got the forerunner, John the baptizer, in her womb, and he's going to be a prophet of the Most High. She's been a priest wife uh, uh, all of her life from the tribe of Levi. She just received the blessing of God because she'd been barren. She might be 80 years old. Isn't that amazing? And she's having a baby. And she could be puffed up because God is using her. And now she's not cursed because she's got a child. She could be telling her neighbor, see, I told you we were praying. She could be doing all kinds of haughty stuff. And she says, whoa. Why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now listen, she wasn't hiding in the room when Gabriel delivered this. But she knows because of the filling of the Holy Spirit, it's been revealed to her. Because of what she's doing, it's been revealed to her that her niece Mary 
is pregnant with child and is the mother of the Lord. And there was evidence of it. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in the womb for joy. For joy. For joy. Eucharisto, I think, is the word. Oh, no, it's, it's exaltation in the King James. Listen, you know what fruit is? Because, see, we're supposed to be bearing fruits of repentance. We're supposed to have fruit in our life. Fruit can mean that which originates or comes from something. And, see, Christ was born in your heart when you believed the seed of Christ, the seal of God, and there should be fruit that comes from that. There's a result. There's evidence as it grows in your life. That was the exaltation, uh, is how I learned that the word exaltation means joy. It means gladness. It's a, it's a welcome. And listen what else she says. Look what else she says. Look, verse 45. I'll go back to positional on you if you ain't careful. You guys are trying to go sleep on me. Blessed is she who believed. How are you blessed? How are you? That's, that's eulogy, isn't it? Where is blessed at? Oh, to speak, yeah, to eulogize. It's to speak well of. You know how you, you excuse me, we usually see that eulogy at somebody's death. This is at the greeting. This is at the birth. But, but Elizabeth, God remembers, his oath knows when you believe. Elizabeth means his oath, his promise. He knows when you believe. It can't be pretended. It can't be faked. Blessed, spoken well of the one who believed is the word pistio, to entrust your spiritual well-being into Christ, to be confident and to trust it. So Elizabeth knows that Mary believed God because of her actions of going up on the hill to praise God for visiting to see the forerunner, the evidence, the sign, if you will, that what is spoken to her is going to happen. For there will be a fulfillment. The word really is performance. In the King James. Performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. There will be a performance. God will perform. He will do all that he said he's going to do. But he's not performing just to be performing. He's not trying to entertain us. He's accomplishing everything that he said. His word sent out to heal the land and will accomplish all that it's purpose to do. It will not return to him void. It will accomplish every bit of fruit. And in fact, none are lost except for the son of perdition, Judas Iscariot. So you and I, when we believe, we're blessed also. And there will be a performance. God will complete the work he started in you until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.6. But don't make him put a bridle in your mouth and drag you around like a horse. You can believe him. You can trust him. You can step up and say, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And so Elizabeth says this. His oath says this to their rebellion, right? And what is their rebellion's response? What's Mary's response? Let's look. Verse 46, she begins praising the Lord. See, we were once rebellious, and if we understand his oath and his promises, we should begin praising the Lord. Not just with our mouth. Be it done to me according to your word. Not just according to the body, the physical, but she's going to begin to do it with her soul and spirit. My soul magnifies the Lord. And 47, my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. 
Magnifies means to make great, to increase. You get a magnifying glass, what's it do? It makes it greater. You can see it better. It means to enlarge. Her soul is magnifying God, making God larger, telling people about God. And her spirit rejoices. It's full of joy. Why? Because of God, my Savior. Not because she figured something out. Not because she found God because he was lost. God wasn't lost. It was us that was lost. You haven't found God. He was never lost. It was us. I was lost, but now I'm found. 48. Look what she says. Because I went to college. Because I, because I, no, listen. It's because he, for he, 19 times, for he, the grace of God, for he, God remembered his oath and he brought forth grace. But his grace came, why? Because of his great mercy. Titus 3, 5, and 6. For by mercy you have been saved. Huh? You guys know that it's because of mercy? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And because of that mercy, though, with the Holy Spirit, he gives birth to grace. And for by grace you have been saved through faith. Just, just confident trust, the same word for believe. And that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift. Have you opened the gift that comes because of his mercies that are new every morning? If you have, then you know Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, his works in progress, created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. That's what Mary's doing right now. She's walking in them. She's investigating them. She's going forth with her life, being a witness for God. It's going to look bad. I mean, if you was over in Matthew, we'd see that Joseph is getting ready to put her away because she's been found with child. And it takes another visitation for that to stop so that he doesn't put her away. Of course, you're supposed to stone her to death if she was betrothed, engaged. Her soul magnifies the Lord and her spirit rejoices and God, my Savior, God, Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. Why? Because he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. From his, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. Same thing happens to you and I. If we receive the truth and we believe, then the seed of God is planted in our heart by the Holy Spirit that seals us. And then you can begin to allow that to grow and produce fruit in your womb. The womb can be the center of you, which is what God wants anyways, our hearts. And notice who she's, regard means the favor. Again, it's looking back to the grace of God. Regarded means to look upon, to have respect, to gaze at with favor. He has turned his eyes upon us. How? Through the grace. And seen the lowly state, the humble state. That's where you have to stay. And then henceforth we shall be called blessed. And then again, she says in 49, for he, 19 times she points to God, who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name, his character, his nature, his will, his authority, and his mercy is on those who fear him. Again, his mercy. Fear means obey. Think about that for a minute. When I was a young kid, I would obey fear. 
I'd be walking home at night. It's in the darkness. The leaves would just move a little bit, and I would obey that, and my feet would make tracks. I would run, thinking somebody was behind me. You obey what you are afraid of. Listen, you can go back to Genesis 22, where you have the, the, the picture, the, the entire testimony of Christ with the Father going up a hill. It's Isaac and Abraham, a father and a son, got wood on his back the cross, and you go back to that, and he raises the knife, he's going to sacrifice Isaac, the son of promise. And the Lord says to him, Abraham, Abraham, he says, here I am. He says, do not lay a hand on the lad, for now I know you fear God. Because he was going to obey even when he didn't understand. He was going to obey even when it cost him his most prized possession, his only son. And it's a picture of the father. And we see the perfect obedience of Christ in that. Because this man probably was 30, Isaac was probably 33 years old. And laid on some wood and obeyed the authority of his dad. He asked about it just like uh, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Remember Isaac said to his dad, father and he said here i am just like god says and he says uh the wood uh, and the knife but where's the sacrifice he's like i ain't understanding this is it me <laughs> that's what jesus says in the garden if there's any other way see with isaac and abraham there was another way because it couldn't be fulfilled in the flesh and it was all prefiguring and looking forward to jesus coming and that's what we're looking at as we look at the testimony of Christmas. Not about some big guy giving gifts or giving you coal if you've been bad. That's antichrist. And it's time for us to speak up and speak loudly and give God the glory. Magnify God. His mercy is on those who fear him. From generation to generation. He's an unchanging God. 51. He has shown strength with his arm. And it's his righteous right arm. It's his strength and his power. It's Jesus. He has scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. Now again, she's talking about being lowly because she's listening to the word of God. It's in our pride that we don't listen to the word. It's in our pride that we pursue everything else. And then in our imaginations, we're supposed to be, the word of God casts down imaginations. It casts down speculations. And every high thing that raises itself against the knowledge of God. And that's why you see people right now in strong delusion. Because in their imagination, they imagine that they can have a utopian government and society that's apart from God. Same thing that the devil believes, isn't it? And he was cast down. He scattered the proud in the imaginations of their heart. What's in your heart? Is it filled with the Holy Spirit or pride and imaginations of all the things you can do apart from God, which lead to death. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. He's in control of everything. And exalted the lowly, the humble. That's again, she, she's regarded, the, he, she says up here, in her magnification of him, in her magnificat, in her praising God, you have regarded the lowly state of your maidservant. That's where we need to be. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. Isn't that interesting? If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. But if you're already rich in your own self-righteousness, and you think you're okay, you're going to go away empty. You're going to open the package, and it's going to be empty. Because see, there's, the worst gift you can ever give is somebody wrapped in flesh. Here I am, I'm the gift 
Tell everybody. Wrapped in flesh, stinking, smelling like death. You wrap you up in Christ. The only way that can be done is in humility. Knowing that it's him. What are you wrapped in? What are we wrapping ourselves in? It's very important that we understand that, even when he's using us. We don't want to go away empty. See, they were filled and they were full of joy. What's joy? Remember the acrostic? Jesus, others, and yourself. You become a servant like Mary. Is there rebellion? You go from rebellion to being a suffering servant. You go from rebellion to being like Christ, laying your life down, doing the will of God for the glory of God. I like to always remind you of what Wearsby said. When the man of God looks into the word of God and sees the son of God, he's transformed by the spirit of God into the image of God for the glory of God. We are looking for the gift that keeps on giving for Jesus the Christ, the greatest gift ever given, not just at Christmas, but all year long. And we want to stay in a lowly place knowing that but for the grace of God, there go I. And you have to keep dying to self and taking off the flesh and being wrapped in his love. Um, so are you empty? Or are you full of joy? Are you full of purpose, God's purpose in life? Why? Because 54, he has helped his servant Israel, Israel, those governed by God, in remembrance of his mercy because we're saved by mercy. Mercy produced grace by faith as he spoke to our fathers it's a promise to the abraham and to his seed it's a promise notice it's seed there's only one and mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house so she stayed there till she had the baby we see that in the next line verse 57 now elizabeth's full time now the oaths full time came to be delivered just so happens, you know what the word delivered is? It's the same word, soteria. It's the same word for salvation. It means to be delivered to safety. It means to be delivered from the sin nature. That's the word soteria. We get the fancy word soteriology or salvation from it. So his oath brings deliverance. He keeps his promises. That's what she just magnified him for. Keeping his promise. And she brought forth a son. When her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy to her, they rejoiced with her. You got people rejoicing with you? Then they're your neighbors. They're your relatives. They're people that know you. If they ain't rejoicing with you, be very careful with anything they say until they come to salvation. Because they're still underneath the sway. They can flatter you. Flattery is, flattery is sometimes worse than gossip. You guys know what flattery is? It's something they'll say to your face, but they won't say it behind your back. Gossip's something they'll say behind your back, but they won't say it to your face. They're the same way. They both work ruin. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know what you've been given, and you need to know and go filled with the Holy Spirit. Be careful what people say. Live for God. What does he say? According to my word. And then the spirit of God will lead you in the word of God and, and teach you and help you remember all truth. So it was, 59, on the eighth day, number of new beginnings, that they came to circumcise the child, cut away the flesh. That's what all of our life is about. The Spirit cuts away the flesh and wraps you in the love of God. Would have called him by the name of his father, Zacharias. God remembers. Wait a minute, we don't need that anymore. God already remembered his oath. 
Now we need the grace of God. It gives birth to the grace of God. His mother answered and said, no. See, it doesn't matter what tradition is. We always name them according to who the dad is. No, no, no. God already remembered his oath. Now we're moving on. We're refreshing it in grace. He shall be called John, the Lord's gracious gift or grace. But they said to her, there is no one among your kinsmen. That's the, that, comes, that word relatives is kinfolk. It comes from the word kinsman. See, Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. That's important. He had to become flesh in order to become a kinsman. Then he had to live a perfect life in order to have the ability to buy us back from death. He did both of those. And then so by marriage, we're adopted back into the family of God. And we're going to be presented to the Father God. But you can have all that now who is called by this name, 62. So they made signs to his father. They're playing charades, remember? Because he's got shut up on his mouth because he didn't believe the promise and needed a sign. And he, he got old and wanted to live. Uh, uh, and ah, whatever, I'm going through the motions. I'm just doing it. I don't care. Burning incense. You're praying to God and won't even believe that the prayers are answered. But anyway, they're playing charades. What he would have called... What do you have him called? And he asked for a writing tablet. Found a way, didn't he? Found a way. Why is this serpent gentle as a dove? And he wrote saying, his name is John, the grace of God. He believed it. Do you know that he believed it? You know, how come we know that, 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 that Zacharias actually believed? Because he's old. He's, they're like 80 years old or 90 years old like Abraham and Sarah was. And he went home and slept with his wife. Who does that unless you believe and unless the Spirit of God is leading you? He could have went home and said, I ain't sleeping with her. We've been doing this all these years and we didn't have no babies. It's crazy. I must have ate too much pizza last night. Listen, but he goes home and sleeps with her. She conceives and hides herself for five months. Then in the sixth month, Mary has the visitation and then Mary goes to, to investigate it. We know he believed because he slept with his wife. He went in tried to fulfill the will of God, and it was done. But still God had spoken, said, you have shut up on your mouth until it's fulfilled. And as soon as he wrote John, his mouth opens. And what happens when his mouth opens? He does the same thing that Elizabeth and Mary did. Same word, eulogy. He speaks well of God. Oh, let's keep moving first. Immediately his mouth was open. Well, first they marveled, they thad mizdod, and then immediately his mouth was open and tongue loosed, and he spoke praising God. It's the same word for blessed over here, eulogy. He spoke well of God. Then fear came on all who dwelt around them. And all these sayings were discussed throughout all the hill country. Oh, they're in the hill country? Oh, yeah. Remember, it's the highlands of praise? They're in the hill country. That's where Mary had visited. She's back home now. of Judea, of praise. And all those who heard them kept them in their hearts. That's what happens when you say, well, they didn't believe. Just share the word of God. Just praise God before them. Just share with them and they'll hide it in their hearts and it'll bring fruit if it's supposed to. Saying, what kind of child will this be? Man, I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do with you. What, what kind of child will you be? 
If you believe the word of God and you surrender to God and you get into the word, prayer, and fellowship and you ask the Holy Spirit to lead your life. Listen, God's a perfect God. He has a perfect will for your life and he can do it if we surrender. I can't wait to see sometimes what people will do if they would just surrender to God's word. But then it's really sad. It breaks my heart when I see them run off and they're not listening to God's word. Nobody has to do it perfectly. It's just turn your heart toward home. Come to your senses like the prodigal son did. And the hand of the Lord was with him. That's his power. Hand is his power. That goes along with his arm. That's the testimony of God. Now, his father, Zacharias, God remembers, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, prophesied means foretelling of truth. It's an inspired speaker, a preacher, if you will. And this is what he says. Blessed, it's eulogy again, is the Lord God of Israel. Fifteen times he's going to talk about what God did. For he has visited and redeemed his people. You see that? Listen, don't think that he thinks that his son is the redeemer. But he's already speaking in past tense because it's been revealed to him what's going to happen. While he was waiting for John the Baptist to be born, it's already been revealed. All of the rest of it is uncovered. He sees the scriptures being fulfilled and he knows that John is coming in the spirit of Elijah and go before and make straight the way of the Lord. You and I are John the baptizers. We're supposed to go before people and make straight the way of the Lord. Prepare them for the Lord. Don't prepare them for church. Don't prepare them for harvest church chapel prepare them to meet and hear the voice of god to get into the word of god and say let it be done unto me according to the word of god boy we prepared people for a bunch of religion in america bunch of religion here work in a soup kitchen come on you can work with us listen there's nothing wrong with a soup kitchen but if that's all you're preparing people for is to fill hats and seats there's a problem they need to meet jesus or they're going straight to hell our ministries are not important. Jesus is the one that's being lifted up. But he speaks about him coming and having favor and redeeming his people, even when it hasn't happened yet, because Christ is still in the womb three months old. But he knows it's going to happen because he knows the word of God is true. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. That's why I tell you, see, he knows that him and his wife, they're from Levi. David's from the tribe of Judah. He knows exactly where the Messiah is coming. He knows more than you and I could ever imagine because he knows the word of God. He just got old and wasn't trusting God. And it's really, it's really cool because hmm, David means beloved or loved of God. And if you come all the way through that, of course, it's the love of God that we're wanting the fruit to be wrapped around us. It's Christ himself. I better be quiet. And 70... It's a big number two. Fulfilled, number seven, through the servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his prophets who have been since the world began. Same message, same testimony. Nothing has changed since the beginning. God spoke. And listen, he doesn't have anything new to say. It's all written down here. Don't listen to people's new it's not written in here, but we've, yeah, I better be quiet. 71, that we should be saved. Why did he speak? Why did he send the prophets? Why is he raised up a horn 
of salvation. That's speaking of power and strength. Animals have horns on their head and they fight with them. There was horns on the altar. Why did he do this? That we should be saved from our enemies. And there's really one enemy, death, come through Satan, but he has henchmen, principalities and powers, the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's the lies of the devil. It's what he fights with. And from the hand of all who hate us. Right there's death culture. They really hate God. When people hate you, they're really hating on God. They're hating who you represent. They're hating the light that you would shine. They're hating you as an ambassador for Christ, as if God was pleading through you, be reconciled to God. So he raised up this Savior. What's he going to do? Verse 72, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. I didn't look that up, did I? I was going to look that up purposefully. Did you guys catch that? Oh, it was different. I did look it up. I was thinking that was Zacharias' name. God remembers. But it wasn't. It just means, I got it. It just means to bear in mind, to recollect, um, to remember his holy covenant, the oath, the promise which he swore to our father Abraham. Excuse me. What was the promise? To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand, the power of our enemies, might serve him without fear. Now listen, listen. The power of our enemies, the power of sin is death. Wages of sin is death. And now we're supposed to serve, just like Mary was doing here, serve him without fear. See, God's perfect love casts out all fear. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. We live for God. We can go out boldly, speak loudly, be a witness because we understand the oracles of God. We don't have to sit by idly and let people go to hell. We can set the captives free. That's what he's sending us for, to share the truth that the enemy has been vanquished, that all sins have been paid for, that you don't have to be in bondage of that anymore. How do we do it? 75, in holiness and righteousness. That's positional. Be ye holy because I am holy. We become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All the days of our life, all the days of our life in holiness and righteousness. It's positional, practical. We're learning to obey holiness. We're learning to be righteous, right living before God. All the days of our life. And then he switches gears and he prophesies over his son and tells his son who's laying there as a baby and going, Google dad, I just born, just been named John, the grace of God. This is what goes out before the highest. What goes out before Jesus? The prophet of the highest, it's the grace of God. The only way to be saved is by the grace of God. And this is what he says, and you child and you grace of God, you John, God's gracious gift will be called the prophet of the highest. Jesus, the son of the highest, John, the prophet of the highest. For you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge, gnoskos, of salvation, knowledge of deliverance to his people by the remission of sins. Remission is the payment. Remission of sins. 
Remission is freedom, pardon, deliverance from, forgiveness. Where did it come from? We give the knowledge. It's the remission of sins. They've all been paid for the sins of the world. John 3, 16. 78, it comes through the tender mercy of our God. Titus 3, 5, and 6. With which the day spring from upon high has visited us. That's an interesting term, isn't it? You got to do a word study on it. You know what it means? A rising of the sun or a star from the east. That's what that means. We have seen his star. The Magi come. We have seen his star in the east. It's a rising light. The Bible tells us we're supposed to do all things without grumbling and complaining in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation where we shine as stars. They're watching us. The day star, speaking of Christ, has appeared, has visited us. What's he going to do? 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. See, there's a, there's a greater light that shines in the valley of death. So there has to be a greater light to shine over us. And then I have a shadow there of death. But we don't have to remain in death. If we receive this free gift and we open this gift, he's paid for the sins of the world. He's paid for your sins. He set you free. No more penalty. Sin has no more power. Even you committed, it doesn't have the same power anymore because sin can no longer cause that debt. The wages of sin is death, but you've been set free. He destroyed the works of the devil. Oh, you might think you have pleasure in it for a while. The only death it brings is your death of a relationship with God. It doesn't bring death to your salvation. But boy, you'll wish you were dead. And the shadow of death. Remember that? David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You always got to add that part in your lowly state. You got to remember it's because of God. By the grace of God. John. What's he doing as he's that light in our darkness? To guide our feet in the way of peace. Lamp to our feet light to our path, even though we're still down here, our citizenship is in heaven. We're looking up. We're rising up from our crucifixion, right? And going into the high country with haste, making the most of the time, praising God because we've received the grace of God, bearing fruit to God, set apart to do the will of God. Your feet's always where you're walking, and then it says in verse 80, So the child, the grace of God, John, grew and became strong in spirit. Notice again, it's the spirit, filled with the spirit. And was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Today we would put him in an insane asylum. Do you see that John the Baptist out there preaching? Got honey running down his beard, wild locusts hanging out of his mouth, dressed in camel's hair. We put him on psychotropics, I'm sorry. <laughs> Instead of believing him. What kind of a messenger does God use? Those that say, 
Behold the servant of the Lord. Let it be done according to my word. Have you opened this gift? Are you having a relationship with the Spirit of God as He leads you through the Word of God for the glory of God? Are you still wrapped up in self? The great enemy, self. Next week, God willing, we'll look at the testimony of the birth of Jesus, chapter 2. You can read that for your homework. Father, thank you. Thank you that your grace has been manifested to those who are governed by you. And Lord, we say, let it be done to us according to your word. And Lord, we also say the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we need your power. We need your desire. We need you to call us home to protect us. We need to be in our lowly, humble state, knowing that it's you or we would be dead already. Thank you for defeating the works of the devil, for destroying him, for casting him down. Lord, thank you for forgiveness again and again and again. Thank you for salvation, for delivering us, for visiting and delivering us as you promised. Thank you for keeping your promises as a good father. Wake us up, Lord, this time of year that we would unwrap the greatest gift ever given. Not gifts under a tree, gifts that hung on a tree and decorated the first tree, the light of the world. Thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. And that concludes today's message on Who Am I? with Pastor Greg Tyra of Harvest Chapel in Williamsport, Indiana. If you're in the area, we would love to have you as our guest. Harvest Chapel is located at 418 Old State Road 28, Williamsport, Indiana 47993. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. Our prayer meetings meet Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Our Bible study meets on Friday at 7 p.m. Today's and previous messages are available on CD. If you would like a copy, please call 765-404-7203. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Who Am I? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Desire.